It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast, we touch on the Washington football team's big win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Titans beating the Saints, plus a preview of the Carlos Bowl. All that and so much more. All coming your way next on the Kirby on Sports Podcast. connected this is dave johnson voice of the washington wizards you have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man josh kirby on sports podcast coming to you from the trumbull insurance agency virtual studio this is another edition of the kirby on sports podcast turn your stress and anxiety into peace and security with trumbull insurance contact patrick van kemper for all your insurance needs 540-532-0622 for the rest of our sponsors, Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserve, Shenandoah Primitives, Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, and Mark Francis with Icon Real Estate. Oh man, it's another week of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. I'm back with the three-man booth, the weapon Dan Dembski, the Swiss there, Army you Knight, remembered it. Carlos oh. Martinez. There it is. Yes, gentlemen, how it's are we? Cutter. It's great to see you all. Well, it's not a box cutter. It's an actual knife. I found I'm just it. kidding. I found it, boys. I found it. <laughs> that's pre- I lost that's it. Pretty cool. I found it. No, that thing. That thing's pretty cool, though, for real. Yeah. Well, it's doing good well. To, it, it's well. good to see you all. It, it, it seems like forever since the last time we all recorded as a bunch. To say Kirby, we saw yeah, I mean, it's been today. two weeks since we were all together. Yeah, I, I mean, it ju- it just sucks because um, Carlos, I mean, Virginia weather's just so bipolar, you know. What you know? Can you just can we just move on, please? <laughs> I tried I to land you, a joke, and it was I, I guess you didn't get the joke. I tried to no. land the joke, but it failed epically. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Carlos and I are here to tell the jokes, Kirby. You're just the host. All right. All right. Well, we'll stick with that. I'm just kidding um, you. Yeah, hey, hey, we have some NFL to get to. Um, some exciting games, some not so exciting games. We'll give you all the scores and stuff. But uh, we have decided to start it off with a game I attended, a game I thought that this Washington football team would lose. And they end up coming out and dethroning the goat, Tom Brady. And dethrone. Dethrone. They didn't dethrone anything, Kirby. Jesus, they had already lost twice before they even played you guys. I'm just trying to set the narrative up. They were an undefeated team. Nobody could stop them. They looked unstoppable. Dethroning is beating them in the playoffs. Yeah, dethroning is beating them in the playoffs. I mean. Now, I mean, just regular season win is not a dethrone. Just, just, so, the, we're, anybody. just so we're clear. 
it was it was incredible. I hold on. I I got to get on my very special product to oh, recap this game. Oh right yes, here. yes, yes, yes. Here we yes. go. <laughs> so, so um, the story behind these, I told Carlos this, Kirby, but I did not uh, I mean, tell Dan. We this this is definitely a clip, by the way. Dan, this right yeah, here is I'm telling you what, this is a classic because we're at the stadium and there's this pit viper van, and I'm like. What the heck is Pit Viper doing here? And I'm oh, like, oh, I know, I know what Pit Viper is. Yeah, but, and but I've like, always wanted a pair of Pit Vipers. You stand yeah. in line, give your phone number and your email address, and you get a free pair of Pit Vipers. And sounds good. It was incredible. So I'm like, hey, I'm starting a pair of Pit Vipers, and what a better way to celebrate um, victory for the Washington Football Team by wearing a pair of these Pit Vipers? You know? <laughs> wow. Oh man. But I, Act, I mean, taunting 15 yard penalty. Oh, geez. Don't go there. Come on. <laughs> Act Come on. like you've been there before, Kirby. I know your team Dan, isn't usually Dan, there. That's what I was about to say, Dan. His team is never. This is the first time they've won right. in weeks. We are You're fortunate. Right. We have teams who are consistent winners. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm a little. You know. Like, my team was bad last year, and I don't even act this way, despite the fact that we're actually good this year. Good point. (laughs) Gentlemen, I mean, I'm not sure how much you watched on this game, but, I mean, starting off off with the the experience, uh, it was a pretty good experience. I had lower bowl seats. I was blessed to see some pretty good action. And what I could see, I mean, the defense just looked – very sharp. It, they were if, sharp. If, if you know what they I mean. And I, I'm not sure if the defense attributed enough pressure to force that one interception from Tom Brady because I know the other one went off a receiver's hands. Yeah. But two early turnovers for Tom Brady, um, it was a huge factor in why this Washington football team came away with the victory because I know it's early. It was early, but still, I was still thinking, oh man, this is great. Sharing in my seat for two turnovers Tom Brady had. I'm like, you didn't in, now, now during those turnovers, you didn't get all aggressive and start punching the guy you went to the game with, right? No, no. It was like a weld on his no, arm still. No. So in the back <laughs> of my brain. I laid a smackdown on that one when you freaking hit me. I was like, oh no, <laughs> we're not doing this. <laughs> In the back of my mind, I'm like, it's Tom Brady. It's not over. I mean, I was excited, yes. Pretty much. It was electrifying. But in the back of my mind, Tom Brady was still the starting quarterback. He's he's the GOAT. Because because you get him coming off a loss to New Orleans and a Mm -hmm. bye. Mm -hmm. How bad do you think he wants to win this week, that, that game? How bad? As far as regular season, there's not a more important game for Tom Brady than yeah. I mean, after absolutely. a loss and after a bye. Like I mean, I mean, so looking at this defense, I think they play tremendously well. Yeah, and... it looked like old school. The old, the last year's defense kind of went. Yeah, showed yeah, up for I mean, once. Yeah, well, year, and I'll season. be talking with Mitch Tischler from NBC Sports Washington later on, and we'll recap more about this game. But I mean, the defense looked sharp. Taylor Heineke just 
Yeah, just let it loose. I feel like that attributed to Scott Turner, the Washington offensive coordinator, letting him be more free and not containing him in the pocket. Because I feel like in weeks past, that was an issue, boys. And if you just keep a guy like Taylor Heineke limited to the pocket, it's going to be bound that you're going to make mistakes. Because if you roll out, that uh, I mean, who knows what could happen, you know? But, I, I mean, watching that game, the offense looked great. The defense looked great. Uh, I mean, that turnover, that catch fumble, that was tragic. I was like, oh, no. Yep, that's it. And then Tom Brady throws that bomb to Mike Evans. I'm like, there it is. There it is. But, yeah, no. Yeah, you, you look for that one play that was the turning point, and it, it just seemed like – the Bucks had seemed like they had one, and then Washington's defense just stepped up big time. They get a sack, or um, you know, somehow get the Bucks out of scoring range. I think that was the key thing for them. Like you said, Kirby, you talked about how good this defense was. Um, yeah, they were. They pretty much had pressure on Tom Brady consistently throughout this game, and that's. I mean, that's how you beat any NFL quarterback. If you get pressure on them, and you know, I don't care who what receivers you have, you know, if you if you break that pocket down eventually the quarterback's going to make some mistakes. And uh, even if it is Tom Brady, so that was the key thing. And then another thing before I throw the mic back over to you is, you know, Gibson finally had a decent game um, uh-huh. Two two rushing touchdowns, not, not a lot of rushing yards, but they ran it a lot. He, he carried the ball 24 times. So, you know, the key thing for them is in, I, I think in this game, we've answered some, some more of those questions, you know, um, or we've answered, you know, how how you beat the Bucks, um, Washington. Well, maybe Washington's defense was phenomenal, and really that was that made it a lot easier on their offense, and they could kind of play loose and free. And I think that's kind of what they did on offense, and they they didn't feel as much pressure because they weren't playing from behind. I think I, I think that was the first time um, they had led by I, I I forget what the stat was. I think it was. The first time they led by more than seven points um, all season long, or maybe the first time they had a first quarter lead, it was some sort of odd stat like that. And I was just like, wow, like that speaks volumes to, you know, how far the defense fell from last year to, to this season before this game. So, um, and the offense had, you know, playing from behind, it's not going to be as good most of the time. So, because um, if Washington really- starts that game behind, they're not coming back. Oh, for I can sure. guarantee you that 110% with Tom Brady. But Washington kept the lead. And, I, I mean, I'll continue from where I was saying the Mike Evans um, yeah, sorry touchdown. About that. No, you're good. But the Mike Evans touchdown. Then Washington produces the longest drive in the NFL this season for one day before it was broken by the uh, – Rams 49ers Monday night football game, but that was the longest drive in team history in like 30 years. And that was my side of the end zone. I saw Antonio Gibson rush it in. It was just amazing to see Washington ice Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that fashion. I mean, it was incredible. Like anything you think that Washington could do wrong. I mean, it just, They just played – I mean, I don't really want to say a complete football game, but it looked pretty better than weeks past, if you know what I mean. Better. 
Well, and also on the, on that last drive, I mean, it keeps going through my head too. When Washington has third downs, I'm like, well, Brady's going to get the ball back here, and it's it's Brady. I mean, he's going to go down and, and give them the the lead or tie the game. I've, I forget, I can't remember what the score was at this point. I'm. It's been several days since this game was played. That's one of the problems with uh, recording these podcasts a little later. But anyway, I I I, I digress. Um. Yeah, I mean that keep that kept going through my mind. Like Brady, Brady's gonna have time. He's gonna get the ball back, and then Washington just kept converting on third down. That that was another key thing for them in this game. They were abysmal coming in on third down conversions. Um, even like third and shorts, third and mediums, they were just terrible. And they pretty much were as good as they could have been in this football game. And that was key for them, especially on that last drive where you said it was you know like a ten minute drive uh, to to end the football game. You couldn't draw up a more crucial. Um, game ceiling touchdown than Washington went on um, on that on that series. But as a fan, it was so exciting to see Tom Brady. I caught yeah. some of his warmups. My uh, my goodness, seeing him up close, it was incredible. And uh, my section, I saw a a fan with a half Buccaneers half. Um, New England um, Tom Brady jersey with the two Super Bowl patches on it. I thought that was cool. Carlos, I saw a Cowboys fan. He was sitting two rows. There's always me. Cowboys fans there. Yeah. Why, no. why the hell they go? Why? Why are you? Why are you wearing a Cowboys jersey at that game? Like, what are we doing? You're in enemy territory. Like, as long as they don't go to Philly, they'll be fine. If they go to Philly, they'll get kicked and spit on and everything I guess, else. but still, I think in Washington like, why, the fans what, are quite. Like, just go to insane. Dallas. Like just. Like what are you doing here? They don't. They probably don't have the money to go to Dallas. I mean, it's well, just well. Then so, just wait until Dallas comes to town. It's tickets are outrageous from Dallas. Yeah, but my to thing town. is, why? Why is there a Dallas fan there watching that game when Dallas is playing at the same time against the Falcons? Now that I that I agree with that I I think it's stupid, but yeah. I don't know, but uh, the last thing just I'll the touch on. I guess. The last thing I'll touch on before we um. But hey man, nothing better on, than a game in person. Sorry. Go nothing ahead. Better, no, nothing better than going to FedEx Field and enjoying that. <laughs> so, yeah, so the last true. thing um, I'm going to touch on before we um, play my interview with Mitchell Tischler of NBC Sports Washington, um, the fact that we lost a key player in Chase Young. Yeah. Um, it was a tragic injury. I I was not looking directly at the play. I saw the replay, and it was non-contact. I I knew as soon as he went down, it was the ACL. But Chase Young being the, um, yeah, I, I think he's a really big impact in that locker room, and I, I'm gonna say that because, um, he, he plays with heart, and he, I mean, they brought the card out for him. He refused the card. He walked in under his own power, with his teammates, of course, helping him. Then he comes out with 10 minutes left in the game on crutches to watch Washington win. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, Chase Young, he gave a speech in the locker room. Um, I, I'm not sure what was said, but he gave a very impactful speech from which, what Mitch told me, and you'll hear more about that on the interview. But, I mean, to, just to see – a leader like Chase Young go down, I wouldn't be surprised, boys, if the defense starts to play better because they're rallying around Chase Young. Uh, Carlos is disagreeing with yeah, me. Yeah, I don't. 
I, I mean, that could happen I, to the uh, Cam Newton no, might throw up 60, no, uh, I, 500 I yards against Washington either, next week. I think uh, I, 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 think I could see a, it happening. I don't. I, think, I see neither options happening. I think right. the defensive performance in this game is – I'm not going to say it's a one-game wonder, but it's probably not something you're going to see from this defense just because of, it's not indicative of what we've seen all season from them, which is they've struggled a lot in yeah. all three phases – line linebackers and secondary so um yeah chase young not just like performance wise a huge loss but an emotional leader on that team being as young of a player as he is and being the guy who really has become the leader of that locker room because there really isn't anybody i mean to be honest who else would be the leader of that locker room you know they're kind of a i wouldn't say a band of misfits but i mean kind of is that way with with a lot of those players um so I, you know, I think Chase Young has quickly filled that role and did a great job. Obviously, last year we saw what he's capable of, but this year hasn't quite been the same. And um, yeah, that's just a, it's just a horrible thing. Um, and you know, it's like you said, I think tragic's a good way to describe it, but it, it's also just like, it's 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 sickening too that like, especially on like a, it's like a freak injury like that. You know, it's just, but it it happens all over the league and. Yeah. Um, it's it's really unfortunate that we we lose we lose a lot of good players every year to injuries like this and uh, you know it's um it's it definitely sucks for Washington not just performance wise but like I said as an emotional leader as well. Yeah, it, it, it was very unfortunate. I was sad to see him go down. Um, but uh, I mean this game it was a great victory for Washington, but uh, it, I don't really think it means anything moving forward. Yes, it's a confidence booster, but how are they going to continue to try to win? Because, I mean, looking at it now, they have a lot of injuries defensively, tight end position, uh, other stuff like that. Are you going to continue to give Gibson the football, keep running the run first mentality? How uh, or are they going to keep Taylor Heineke? There are a lot of factors so, uh, you know, the group message, I like to go off and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. No, you, were, all... you, were, you were just being insufferable. You, know, you were just being annoying as hell. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, it's understandable, though. No, it's not. It's not. Because, you know, just because you beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, congratulations. But you don't have to keep. The problem was, is you kept going. Kept bringing it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, in case you guys missed it, we beat the Buccaneers. I don't. I, that happened five hours ago, Kirby. Who cares? Who cares? It's five hours later. You did nothing in the grand scheme of things, okay? Like nothing. Yeah. If but, anything, I mean, this is this is a booster for uh for for the Bucks to get better at this point. I mean, yeah. This is. And one did of those you hear what Bruce Arian said? No, no, I missed him. In his press conference, he said something about uh, some reporter asked him about the interceptions and um. Who, whose fault it was, and he was like, "Yeah, that's on the quarterback." Straight he's up, done obviously. That he's done that. He did that last season. Like, you can't, why is it, who else why, are you going to blame? Surprised. Well, who else the, are you supposed to blame? I mean, the breeze. Yeah. I I was just saying, I'm surprised he said that with Tom. Why Brady. are you surprised? He's, he's called. He, he's, he's, done he's a this good before. coach. That's he's what call, that, he's. He's called out yeah. Brady before. This isn't this isn't anything new. He did this last season when they were off to a rough start when they lost, like got completely crushed by the Saints. He said Brady's got to Brady. play better. They literally called him out by name. Brady's got to so, play better. You know, Bill Belichick would call him out during you know yep. whatever Practice, during probably. film sessions. Don't be surprised that coaches called Tom Brady out 
That's what that's what separates great coaches from just like average to good coaches. I think is like not like making excuses because you see so many coaches in the NFL do this, and and uh, former Virginia Tech head coach Justin Fuente also. Oof, you've been uh, dying to say that for a while. Ooh, <laughs> oh man, I wish it came true. But uh, no, I wish him. I wish him <laughs> all the Christmas best. I think he's. I think July. he's a good guy. He's just, he's just not a good coach. J- um, just wait. J- uh, uh, wa- watch something happen, and Justin Fuente ends up in Baltimore. Dan's gonna just go irate. No, well, if no, he's no, like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. I know exactly what's going to happen. Quality control coach or something. Urban Myers coming to Virginia Tech. That's such a bad idea. That's such a bad idea. And no, they're they're looking at uh the guy from uh, I forget now. There's one of the guys is like the front runner, and he's I forget I forget who it is. I couldn't tell you right now. I'm not my brain. Focus, gentlemen. Focus, gentlemen. Uh, All right, Dan. Dan, my last thing. I'd like to get your thoughts on Joey Sly. Uh, I thought I thought he played decent. You know, um, they've had so many kicking issues. Honestly, anybody who can stand in there and hit two or four field goals and just hit all the extra points is is good enough uh, at this at this rate. I like I like Joey Sly a lot. I, I always thought he was going to get a another chance with the team. I'm I'm glad it's with uh, with anybody, but Washington especially. I mean, if you're talking about bad kicking, they've probably had some of the worst kicking in the NFL this season. So. Um, yeah, I think it's I I I think it was a good move for them, and definitely, like kicking has become more and more important now. And I think this season, especially, we've seen so many kickers struggle, which I just thank God that we have Justin Tucker because, you know, every every game I'm reminded of how bad kicking has been this year across the NFL. So, um, I'm I'm glad to see Joey Sly there, and I, I hope he continues to do well. All right, the Washington football team defeats Tampa Bay 29-19 in a game that I attended and got these free pair of pit vipers. Coming up next. Hold on, real quick. Are they, like, legit pit vipers or are they, like... They're legit. Okay, so they're not, like, plastic or anything. No, they're... I mean, yeah, there's... I mean, it's, like, obviously shell plastic, but they feel pretty comfortable. I got you. Like, you... Like, the... Yeah, things you can adjust to go down and out. It's it's insane. It's crazy. Like you can go all the way down, it feels comfortable, or like do it in the middle, or do it all the way up. Yeah, there are like so many different combinations, and these uh, these sunglasses are pretty nice. Cool. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was our pit viper segment. Please come in next time, and we'll talk about Oakleys. Mitch Tischler, my my interview with Mitch Tischler, NBC Sports Washington, comes your way right now. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you about Regroup Building Services. If you're looking to get your home remodeled, any part of your home, bathroom, kitchen, want to get a deck built, anything like that, Regroup Building Services can just about do everything. And take it from me, because they came in and they remodeled my family's kitchen and they do a great job 
So if you're looking for any sort of home remodeling needs, uh, deck work done, anything of that nature, reach out to my guy Sean Hibbard over at Regroup Building Services today. You can check them out on their website, www.regroupbuildingservices.com, where they do the honeydews that you're honey don't. Make sure you tell them Josh sent you. All right, joining us now to talk more about the Washington football team's victory over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a score of 29 to 19 is NBC Sports Washington's very end from the Washington Football Talk podcast. One of the best out of the three, Mitchell Tischler, my guy. Mitch, thanks for joining us. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. That's a heck of an introduction. One of the best out of the three. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, you you all three do amazing work and you all feed off each other's energy. And I feel like that's why your product is so great in the Washington football talk podcast. So keep up the great work, sir. But I mean, we both saw this game live. So I wanted to get you on and get some of your thoughts about what you saw from the game as well. I mean, starting off with this game, Mitch, I mean, it just did not look right. Tom Brady throwing two interceptions early. I mean, with a bye week after a loss from New Orleans, you would think Tom Brady's red hot trying to get that victory. Yeah, I mean, heading into the game, I kind of thought Tampa was going to dominate Washington. I, I didn't really give Washington too much of a shot. I've heard from it. I've heard about it from everybody. I said that I thought Washington might get shut out. I've never been so happy to be wrong. I think maybe from here on out, I need to predict Washington gets shut out every week just to keep the good, the good mojo going. But um, it's a game that the Bucs, the, 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 there wasn't a lot there for the Bucs other than the fact that it was straight out of a bye week. You know, it's kind of one of those games that you can look over. And in the NFL, those games are always the ones that kind of come back to bite you in the butt. But, you know, the Bucs, I thought, were going to draw some motivation from the fact that they heard Washington talk all offseason about how they almost beat them in the playoffs last year. You know, they were this close to it. Taylor Heineke made his name off of that game. You know, the Bucks, uh, Bruce Arians talked about how he, they hadn't prepared for Taylor Heineke. They were looking for Alex Smith in that, in that game. So maybe they would go like a little overboard and really kind of want to prove like, Hey, you know, the only reason this guy had success during the playoffs was because we weren't ready for him. And this is the week we're going to prove that, you know, he's not a starting caliber quarterback, but the defense came out and stepped up early on and set the tone. And I loved hearing, uh, I loved hearing them talk about, feeling disrespected and Bobby McCain saying that the fact that they won the toss and took the ball kind of motivated him. I loved every bit of that. And I think early on that John Allen hit on Tom Brady really paid dividends as the game went on. I think that uh, that pressure from the inside, especially for a guy like Tom Brady who likes to stand still in the pocket and, you know, is, is shifty and maneuvery, but isn't a guy who's going to get outside really kind of set the tone. And, and I loved seeing the defense play the way that we kind of thought that they were going to play all season. So uh, I, I want to circle back to the defense in a little bit, but Mitch, what did you see from Taylor Heineke this week that you didn't really see in past weeks? Because it looked like to me, and I was sitting lower bowl for this game, so I couldn't really see a lot because when they were far down the field, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But it looked like Scott Turner let him do more of what he did best and not contain him in the pocket and let him roll out. But I'd like to get your thoughts about what you think Taylor Heineke did better this game than in weeks past. I think that he did do a good job of getting outside the pocket. It's kind of weird week to week how there are weeks that he seems so 
dead set on staying in the pocket and making a throw from there without getting to the outside. He did a good job with that against the Bucks. But I think the biggest thing for me looking at Taylor Heineke was the timing. You saw him take a couple three-step drops, hit the back foot, able to make the throw on time, on target, you know, to a place that only his receiver could get it. I love that uh, third down throw to, um, to uh, Adam Humphreys late in the game, uh, all the way to the far side of the field. It was opposite hash mark. He took a three-step drop, hit his back foot, and made the throw. And I think that's where he's gotten himself in trouble uh, weeks past, is that he was kind of slow to diagnose some reads, and he wasn't quick with getting the ball out. You think about that first uh, possession against the Broncos on the fourth and one. He had Ricky Seals-Jones. If he would have hit his third, you know, hit the, the last step of his drop, throw the ball to Ricky Seals, he would have had the first down against the Broncos. Took him an extra beat or two to get the ball out there. Ricky Seals gets stopped short. Offense stalls. I think that's kind of the those little details are where you can see kind of the difference between when Taylor Heineke's on and playing well and when he's, you know, when he's maybe in his head a little bit or a little bit slow to, to make some reads. So the fact that he was able to do that against the Bucs was, was, was what gave him, what allowed him to have the success that he had. I'm hearing some chatter, and it's not for me, but I'm hearing a lot of stuff before this game that maybe Taylor isn't the best option moving forward. They might want to put in Kyle Allen. In my opinion, I feel like Taylor Heineke is the best shot for the Washington football team the rest of this season. Do you think there's any controversy whether Taylor should be the starter still or Ron should make a switch? What do you think there? Certainly not right now, but yeah. after that game against the Bucks, I think he kind of solidified a lot of things. Now he go out and play terrible against the Panthers and it opens the conversation back up again. But I think that this was the first week that Taylor Heineke really had pressure on him from Kyle Allen, where had he come out and played poorly and the offense didn't do much uh, early on in the game, if that had happened, I think there's a good chance they would have gone to Kyle Allen at some point and just to, for a spark to see if they could get the offense moving a little bit. Because as much as you want to see Taylor Heineke and let him get all that experience and you know get used to being in games, because it does seem like he's going to be the backup quarterback here for you know, at least, you know, next year and, and, and maybe moving forward, you also got to give the rest of your guys a chance on offense. And if the quarterback isn't playing well enough, is too slow with his reads, isn't able to get the ball out accurately on time, that creates a problem, not just for, you know, the quarterback himself, not for Taylor Heineke, but for getting everybody in rhythm, Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Carter, J.D. McKissick, everyone on down the line. And I think had he struggled, there was a chance that they would have gone to Kyle Allen this week. But Right now, after this Bucks game, Heineke gave himself a uh, gave himself at least another you know game plus to to figure out what uh, to figure out if he's gonna you know if he can be the guy for the rest of the season or not. Absolutely. So um, I, I want to move to running back. I, I know in past weeks they sort of abandoned the run early, but Antonio Gibson, 24 carries, 64 yards um, and two touchdowns. It seems like when this team continues to run the football, they end up having some sort of good come out of it. Yeah, certainly that's the case. And, and this was a great example of the numbers not really telling the story because he averaged, what is that, YPC was two and a half or so uh, per carry. And that's not very good, but you could see that as the game ran on that it was wearing down that Bucks defense. And obviously you look at that last uh, 10 and a half minute drive and you see you know where it really pays dividends. But they're able to run the ball. They're able to stick with the run because they didn't fall into a two touchdown deficit and they weren't playing from behind and they were able to, to stay in front. So 
you know, we hear Ron Rivera talk all the time about complimentary football and there's complimentary football, you know, amongst the offensive line, everyone being on the same page, but there's also complimentary football between the offense and defense where the defense was able to get a couple turnovers. And, you know, even though Washington only kicked field goals, the fact that they didn't immediately give up touchdown drives the other way back to Tom Brady allowed them to kind of stick with that game plan, stick with the ball on the ground. And, you know, the best way to, to slow down Tom Brady is to not allow him to have the football in his hands. And for Washington to dominate time of possession the way they did was was nothing short of, of perfect in terms of, you know, the way you, you start looking at, at game plan stuff. I mean, I, the time possession was two to one, I believe. And, and that's something that you got to, you know, you got to tip your cap to Scott Turner. You got to tip your cap to Jack Del Rio, who's taken a lot of grief this season. He had a great game plan and they executed it well. I think, you know, it's it's, it's boring to, to watch a team run the ball, you know, 35 times for 90 yards or so. You know, that's like. 1950s big 10 football three yards in a cloud of dust <laughs> but sometimes that's what you got to do to get a w and and it, and, it, and it worked out well on sunday so uh mitch looking at this tight end position it seems to be thinning out really quickly with injuries what, what do you think um this team should do going into weeks in the future uh with this tight end position I think they're kind of in a, I think they're kind of trapped a little bit. You know, it seems like that Ricky Seals Jones injury is going to be something that lingers for a couple of weeks. He had a, a hip injury from Sunday. Logan Thomas is still dealing with, uh, with his hamstring today is Tuesday by this time tomorrow. We'll have a much better idea of whether he's able to go or not. But the fact that Washington went out and signed Tamara Hemingway leads me to believe that he's probably that, that Logan Thomas probably isn't going to be ready. And, you know, just like we were talking about with Taylor Heineke and, and probably we'll get to with Jamin Davis on the defensive side of the ball. I'm pro get John Bates out there. Let's get him. Let's let him get some experience. Let's let him get some time out there. Obviously he had the almost near fumble on Sunday that could have been catastrophic, but he's a young player and it's going to take him a little bit of time to get used to the speed, the power, the strength and everything else that the NFL has to offer. So uh, to me, I want to see, uh, I want to see John Bates get, get the lion's share of that, you know, tight end one role and, if Tamara Hemingway and Samus Reyes kind of rotate in behind them a little bit, you know, so be it. But I, I think it's important as long as uh, Logan Thomas is out, let's let John Bates get a little experience. You know, let's let him get used to the NFL NFL world. Ob uh, let's shift to defense. Now, obviously a huge blow for this defense with Chase Young tearing his ACL. He was out for the season. Uh, Mitch, first and foremost, I mean, the play it looked like he was barely hit. That's when I knew immediately it was probably an ACL, unfortunately. But, I mean, even after him going down, he refused the medical card. He walked in under his own power and help from staff and teammates. And he comes out afterwards to support his team with the victory. I, I mean... That's a true testament to what a great leader Chase Young can be, Mitch. And I like the quote that I saw earlier today on social media. Chase Young is out for the season with an ACL injury. This is a small setback for a major comeback. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, RG3-esque sayings that are going to be around this uh, oh, Chase yes. Young yes. all in for week one, you know. <laughs> Whatever, whatever ones you want to, we want to pull in. But at the end of the day, you said it's a big blow for the defense. I think it's actually a big blow for the team overall. You mentioned the leadership, and I think that kind of goes a long way. Players to a man all talk about uh, how much uh, 
he brings to the practice field every day with his with juice and being excited and his energy. He's a guy who's talking trash 24 seven. You know, he's a guy that pulls over the offensive lineman works off to the side with them, you know, during other team drills and stuff like that. I mean, he, he is a true team leader and it's uh it's definitely going to be a big blow at, you know, you can replace his one and a half sacks. Obviously the production wasn't there in the first half of the season that you'd love to see from, you know, the reigning defensive rookie of the year. But at the same time, you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to replace his leadership in the locker room. And, you know, you talked about him walking off the field under his own power. He went into the locker room. He met, you know, he met with his family kind of outside the locker room right after that. And what seemed like to be a little bit of an emotional, emotional moment for him. But he kind of, you know, got himself up together at halftime. He stood up and gave an impassioned speech to the team. I mean, I think it just, you know, it goes to show you everything that he is and, you know, there's a lot of bluster and talk about, you know, the off season and what he was doing there and whether that impacted, you know, his slow start to the year or whatever, but, and all that, you know, people have their own takes on it, but at the end of the day, he is a, he's a real team leader and, and that almost matters as much as, you know, actual production on the field in terms of keeping this team, you know, keeping this team together. So it's certainly, it's certainly a loss. I would imagine he would still stick with the team and keep motivating them throughout the course of this season, right? Uh, it's a little bit of a slippery slope. I would imagine that he's probably going to have surgery in the next uh, week or two or so. Generally, for a straight ACL tear, they wait until the swelling goes down and they'll go do the surgery. So I, I, he might be away from the team a little bit. Um, and also for those guys, you know, once they get hurt, they don't want to be a distraction. They don't want to be kind of an extra body around. It'll be interesting to see how he how he plays it. Um, I, I, when he tore it, I immediately thought of uh, Tim Hightower. He's the former running back for Washington. Uh, he's actually their alumni coordinator now, so he's in the building and around the team. And uh, in 20, 2009 or 10, I believe, I was actually in Carolina. He tore his ACL on a non-contact, uh, on a non-contact run, and – Two days later, he was in the gym lifting and squatting and, and doing work and was trying to come back without having surgery on that on that knee. Ultimately, he ended up having surgery and, you know, missed the rest of the season. But it, for whatever reason, the second that Chase got hurt, that, that, that image popped up in my head because I imagine that Chase is going to attack his rehab with the same ferocity that, that, that Tim Hightower did, you know, so many yeah, years I ago. I would imagine also. Um, I want to talk about Leonard Fournette. 11 carries, 47 yards. Uh, Mitch, I feel like from my point of view for this game, anytime Leonard Fournette got the ball, he was getting gang tackled two or three people on him at a time because of how powerful he was. I'd like to know your thoughts on what you saw from the defense swarming around Leonard Fournette and how that helped um, Washington, um, like limit Tampa Bay, limiting Leonard Fournette to only 47 yards. That's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Fournette's a little bit of a bowling ball. He's not the most finesse runner that there is. So he is a guy that definitely needs to have a couple people take him down, but that's one of the things that I really like seeing out of the middle line, out of the linebackers, uh, on Sunday, Jamin Davis and, uh, and, uh, uh, Cole Holcomb, they both did a really good job of, of holding him up and, and kind of waiting for other guys to rally to the ball to, to help get him. And I think that uh, I think that's something that we haven't necessarily seen all year on defense, the, the gang tackling and the having all 11 guys rally to the ball on defense. And I think that's that's a real good sign of where this where this group is and 
kind of the way that they're gonna that they're going to uh, the way that they're gonna attack um, defense offenses going forward. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what this game was a roller coaster for fans and probably media covering this as well because I mean Washington. They they're keeping a lead pretty much this entire game against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions. And, you know, you got that Evans touchdown. It's like, oh, that's not good. You have that um, catch fumble. I can't recall the wide receiver's name, but um, that hurt as well. But I mean, Washington stayed in it. Did you think at any point Tampa Bay could have retook that lead? The entire game was spent doing the machinations in your head with, you know, Tom Brady's going to step up at some point. He's going to start being Tom Brady. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And honestly, even after that, you know, Mike Evans touchdown, you're sitting there, you're like, okay, they missed the extra point. So they're down four. Washington. Hopefully they can drive for a field goal. Obviously any time left on the clock, Tom Brady's going to go down in two minutes and score a touchdown force overtime or, or something along those lines. But it just kind of felt like Washington's day. Even starting early on, you had the uh, inter- the first interception um, by William Jackson III. The ball just kind of pops up in the air off a of receiver's hands. You had DeAndre Carter get the long catch over the middle where, that went off of the one of the Bucks DB's hands and popped up in the air, and he kind of came down with it. Then the Bucks missed the extra point, um, you know, right there close to the end of the game. It, it just it felt like it felt like kismet. It felt like something that was just everything was going Washington's way. You know, maybe the the, uh, the the ghost of Sam Huff was looking down on the Washington football team and, and uh, you know, wink and a tip of the cap to the to them because every every ball that that everything that could go right for Washington went right and everything that could go wrong for Tampa kind of went wrong. I mean, looking at that last drive for Washington, it was the longest drive in the NFL this season in the longest in team history since like 30 years or something like can you believe that they held them and iced the game and ended up scoring with Antonio Gibson? I'm not really sure why he took the knee on the two-point conversion, but, yeah, I mean, that was just remarkable to see that drive being the longest in the NFL this season. Yeah, so it, the, that, that stat, longest in the NFL, lasted for all of one day because the yeah. 49ers went out and, and did it the, in the first quarter, they had a 13 minute, 11 play drive or whatever it may be to, to one up Washington. But um, the, you talked about the knee on the two point on the uh, extra point conversion. Yeah. And to me, there've been so many complaints and there've been so many things you could second guess Ron and this coaching staff on, you know, in terms of using timeouts and kind of pl- game situation. I love that they went and took a knee because if you kick the extra point and it gets blocked and returned for two, all of a sudden the Bucks are only down eight points. Then you're kicking the ball off to the Bucks, and who knows what can happen, but it all of a sudden becomes a one-score game. You take a knee there, it's a 10-point game with basically no time left. You kick the ball off, the Bucks need two scores, and you can't, you can't be caught. So I, I, love the, I love the forward thinking that they had gotten to the, that point where they were, you know, where they decided that they were going to kneel on it. I loved going for it on fourth down. And getting that touchdown, kind of you know, sticking the the stake through the through the through the Bucks' heart. I, I just I love the way that entire last eleven minutes of the game played out. That was that was incredible to watch. And you know, I've covered this team for fifteen years, obviously, and I've never seen anything like that before. So it was uh, it was cool to watch. And I love the way that Scott Turner used motion to kind of get the Bucks a little confused. They did a great job of mixing in the run of the pass. Taylor Heineke threw some 
really great balls. I already talked about the one on the sideline to uh, Adam Humphreys. You have the ball right down the middle to Terry McLaurin on pace, on spot, right where it needs to be, right on time. It was a, it was a beautiful, beautiful drive. Um, Mitch, I'd like to get your thoughts on Joey Celaya. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's, he's got, there's the, the coaching staff to the front office has a thing for guys with huge beards. Um, I like him. I think Joey Sly is the same kicker that Dustin Hopkins is. And I don't know whether fans are going to hate to hear that or not. He's a good NFL. He's a reliable NFL kicker. He's not going to be great. He's not going to be terrible. He's not going to be Chris Blewett. But he's gonna, he's the same kind of level of play that you're gonna get out of uh, out of Dustin Hopkins. And I didn't love moving on from Dustin when they decided to move on from him because the options that were out there aren't that strong. Uh, if they, you know, if there was an inkling that they didn't like what Dustin had because he did have some tough uh, games during the preseason, bring in some of that competition during preseason and and see who see who wins out. But to go from Dustin to Chris Blewett was clearly a huge mistake, and Blewett. There's a reason that he hadn't kicked in the NFL in five years. I think Joey Sly is, is a good kicker. I think, you know, fans are going to love him because you're right now, because you're coming off the heels of Chris Blewett's three block kicks and five tries, but ultimately the same frustrations that everybody had with Dustin Hopkins eventually are going to start popping up with, with Joey Sly. So he's, he's a, he's a, he's a good professional replacement and good for them for finding somebody like that. They could, that they could slot in and, and, uh, and have be the consistent kicker. Last but not least, Mitch, before we let you go, um, the unfortunately, um, Sam Huff passed away the day before. I mean, there was a tribute. Um, e- any remarks about Sam Huff? I'm not sure if you had any memories or good stories that was were told to you about Sam Huff, but um, I mean, uh, Washington great back in the day uh, i i'd like to get your thoughts about that yeah i think i'll just start kind of big picture just on sunday with the moment of silence it was obviously military appreciation day the whole operation that day was very professional it was exactly what you want an nfl team to do they had the military down on the field you know they had the nice moment of silence they had the band at halftime it was you know kind of a it was a very it was, it was a well done you know day of you know day of events for multiple different things happening at the same time. Sam Huff, I got to know a little bit over the years, just from traveling, you know, with the team and, and seeing him on the road a little bit. And, and not that there's any kind of particular stories that stick out to me. I just loved, you know, uh, you'd be down in the, in the lobby of the, of the hotel and Sonny and Sam would be there, you know, bickering about, you know, whatever, whatever topic it was. And so many times it was, you know, these old NFL stories that, you know, you'd never hear, you know, except for two greats sitting there, you know, just kind of, kind of shooting the, uh, shooting the breeze as they, as they, as they hang out. So I, I just, I, I always kind of think back to those, like, you know, where you get to kind of be a fly on the wall and, you know, have a, have a nice bourbon while, you know, two, two legends sit there and, and, and tell funny stories from, from back in the day. But one thing I loved about, about uh, Sam was that he would, uh, you know, he'd always talk about, linebackers today and, and honestly defensive players today how they'd never survive in his day you know they're so they're outside after uh london fletcher left is you know it's talking about how guys were so hesitant to put their nose in the middle of the middle of a guy's chest and and make a tackle it was just just fun listening to those guys uh you know uh chop it up over the years 
Great stuff. Uh, once again, Washington over Tampa Bay this past Sunday. What a great win for the Washington football team. And next week, they face Carolina, and it looks like Cam Newton will probably be starting. That's going to be an interesting storyline, Mitch. Ron Rivera facing not only his former team, the Carolina Panthers, but once again, Cam Newton. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. All week is going to be talking about all the Carolina connections here and, and down there. I mean, you have Ron, you have uh, Jack, I mean, you have uh, Scott Turner, you have Joseph. There's across the board. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. I think that, uh, I think that this is a, another important game for, for Washington to come out and play well, because after this, you have a, a pretty tough murderers row of three straight with uh, Seattle, Vegas, and then, uh, and then Dallas. So, um, I think uh, I think they got to come out and kind of build a little of the momentum, keep the momentum rolling from uh, from this past week, and and go out and and uh, and beat up on that Carolina team that's primed for picking. You can catch Mitchell Tischler on NBC Sports Washington. He does a great job along with JP Finley and Pete Haley. Um, he's also on the Washington Football Talk podcast. Check out him and his work on Twitter at Mitch underscore Tischler on Twitter. Mitch, greatly appreciate the time, my man. Absolutely, Josh. Thanks so much for having me. For sports fans living in condominium and homeowners associations, as well as business professionals, when you need a reserve study, PM Plus Reserves has been in business since 1990. Their studies are accurate and easy to understand. Check them out when your association needs a study, www.pmplusreserves.com. You can also contact them at 703-803-8436. Once again, www.pmplusreserves.com. All right, welcome back. Thank you to Mitchell Tischler of NBC Sports Washington for coming on once Thanks, again. Mitch. Back with Thank the three-man booth, the Weapon Dan Dembski, the Swiss Army Knife Carlos Martinez. We have one more game we would like to discuss in depth. It is a Titans victory over the New Orleans Saints 23-21. to And... In this game, I mean, I, I just like to say, um, I was very surprised. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I didn't really watch much of this game, but I thought Taysom Hill was going to play a little bit more than he did at Thank the quarterback position. Oh, but they're going Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Yes, yeah, so tre- I guess it's Trevor Simeon all the way. He threw two touchdowns. I mean, Trevor Simeon. He, he played really well. He, yeah, he's he really playing play exceptionally well. well for the position he's been put in. Um, for the New Orleans Saints, obviously, Jameis Winston out for the season. But, I mean, uh, I mean, losing by 23-21, uh, to 21, I mean, still, I think that's a pretty good performance, putting up two touchdowns. The Titans were just a little bit better than – what they were in that contest. But I, I mean, looking at Trevor Simeon, almost 300 yards. I mean, you can't be mad at his performance on this. Yeah. Loss. He, I don't yeah. Think he looked really mad at his performance. Yeah. He looked, uh, he looked pretty crisp. And uh, I also want to shout out Mark Ingram, who became the saints all time leading rusher. Big trust. Um, 
Big trust. Woo woo. He only needed 20 yards. He finished with 47 yards on the day. So shout out, shout out, big trust. Uh, always, always will have a special place in my heart for Mark Ingram. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, like you said, you, you pretty much summarized it, Kirby. I, I think Tennessee is just a more talented football team. Yeah. Um, on both That's sides of the ball. For a moment in time. Yeah, I mean, and they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL <laughs> right now. I mean, nobody's been higher than them in you know in the last you know five to six weeks. So, um. Yeah, I, I, this this was a really entertaining game. Um, Tannehill apparently was battling a stomach illness, um, and so he didn't look the greatest in this game. He still he finished with impressive stats, nineteen twenty seven with a touchdown, no uh, turnovers, and it was interesting. Um, kind of a running back by committee sort of thing the Titans did because without Derrick Henry, they don't really have. I mean, let's face it, Adrian Peterson is not really a number one back at this stage of his career. It's nice to see him out there and still, you know, contributing. But I support Adrian. Yeah, I, I like I, him. Oh, I like him, too. You made that very clear last week, Kirby. You made that very clear last week. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Foreman I forgot was, Dan wasn't on. I keep forgetting Dan wasn't on last week. I was not, but I, I, I but Kirby also made it in the group chat as well. So I... Yeah. Um, he usually does. So if, if you miss something <laughs> here or there, then you can catch up in the in the group chat. But um, yeah, this this was a really, I mean, kind of a it was a kind of a clean game. Um, not really much sloppy play, to be honest. So I think that's really what stands out to me: the fact that um, you know, <clears throat> sorry, there was only one turnover and it was a fumble. Um by the saints. And that, that was kind of the, kind of the difference maker in this game. Um, I really don't have a whole lot else to add to this game. I thought, um, I think the Titans are going to struggle. And I think everybody's saying this and everybody believes this with obviously without Derrick Henry, they don't have a number one back, but not just that. I, I don't know if they have someone who can, I don't, ha- I don't know if they can carry the load of Derrick Henry. Cause I mean, they, I mean, the no top two can. rushers had only had 51 yards rushing. So you're putting a lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill to become, a quarterback, which he's not accustomed to being, which is a guy who's going to have to throw it, you know, 30, 40, maybe 50 times a game, depending on who the opponent is. Um, so that, I mean, that's going to wear him down eventually, but maybe not. Maybe they can win in this way and, and I'll be, I'll be proven wrong, but um, yeah, this was, this, this was a fun game. Um, I think that's all I have. I mean, the saints, they, they impressed me with how well they played, especially Trevor Simeon, like I said, to start this whole thing uh, before I started yapping. But, um, yeah, the Saints the Saints are an interesting team. We'll see, uh, you know, the, the NFC is, I don't know. There's, there's more, I guess, up for grabs in the AFC, but the NFC has a couple of those teams as well. Um, I but mean, the, the Saints, NFC is top-heavy. I mean, you yeah. know who the top five teams probably true. are going to be after Very that. True. It's, it's really a toss-up. So, like, there's two wild-card spots, like, up for who grabs. Knows? And right now the Saints have one. The Carolina Panthers have the other, um, which is insane to think about because, you know, Carolina's been, like, you know, in disarray, you know, ever since they started 3-0 and or whatever it was that they started out. But, you know, with Tennessee, it's just more of – you know, they like you said, they're the hottest team right now. They're right now, right now, they're handling the loss of Derrick Henry well. They're still winning games, but ultimately, we know that that's the big part of their offense is Derrick Henry. Yeah, obviously, 
Adrian Peterson was never going to be the guy that was going to be able to bear that same load. Um, and Julio Jones hasn't necessarily lit it up the way we thought he was going to light it up. But, you know, right now this team is winning. So, you know, they're 8-2. and two. They're the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, they're the only team that's really performing well on a consistent basis. You know, ever since they lost to the Jets, you know, they've been performing pretty well ever since then. So, I mean... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you're, they're and they're gonna need a guy like you know AJ Brown to step up because he the, the last couple of weeks he really hasn't played well and I think that'll be key for them is get some of these more veteran guys involved and have them step up. I think for the Saints, you know Trevor Simeon keeps playing well. Um, obviously, you know obviously Jameis is done for the season. We know that, but it it'll be interesting to see going forward. Like if if the Saints keep Simeon around, you know depending on how well he play. Uh, depending on how well he plays and to end up the season, do they have like a quarterback competition next year? Probably not. Uh, but Jameis has never really proven himself in this league. I mean, he's had chances and, um, you know, his eyes were supposed to be fixed. And the I first mean, couple like, weeks, I mean, he, he was playing, you know, decent leading up to the, I mean, the injury was unfortunate because it was a horse collar sure, tackle sure. Yeah. that his popped his knee out. So that, I mean, that was unfortunate and, you know, but I mean, it's not as if Jameis was playing, terrible i mean he's just you get you get what you get with him he's he's up and down i mean that's that's and that's the most frustrating thing i think if you're you know if you're um a a gm or anything like that like when you have a quarterback who's just hot can go from hot and cold i mean kind of like good old ryan fitzpatrick same sort of thing um and ryan's ryan fitzpatrick's made a career out of it Made a career out of it. It's just insane. Like seventeen years he in the just league, didn't and make it at Washington. You know, his hip decided yeah. to. Uh, you know, I, I, looks I, I like think. he's out for the season. He is out for the season. He's not coming back. Come on. Yeah. He's gonna. He's gonna retire back? I anyway. Come back. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to come back either. Screw that. I wouldn't come back. That's that um, dumpster fire. <laughs> on on and off the field, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, it. It'll be interesting to see how Simeon does because, again, he's another guy who has had a couple opportunities and hasn't really proven himself. But he also hasn't played poorly in, in, in the chances he's had. I feel like he's somewhere in the middle. So maybe he can turn the corner, maybe not. But I think the Titans are, I mean, they're the hottest team right now in the NFL. But, you know, how long can this last without Derrick Henry? I think that's what everybody's asking. We expect that ship to sink at some point. It's just a matter of when. All right. The Titans 23, the Saints 21. All right, now we are going to touch on our next segment, previewing the Carlos Martinez Bowl. The uh-uh. Dallas. Nope, that's not what it's called. It's just the Carlos Bowl. The Carlos. The Carlos bowl. is everywhere. Just the Carlos Bowl. Just the Carlos Bowl. We'll call it the Carlos Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, uh, Carlos. How are you feeling? How are your emotions leading up to this Sunday? Uh, I got to get your thoughts here, bud. My heart is divided. Because obviously my childhood team, the Dallas Cowboys, are facing the team that I have been having an affair with for the past two years, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I don't know how I feel. Uh, because, I mean... I, I, I don't know how I'm feeling about this game just because Dallas looks so good, obviously, coming off of Atlanta. Um, and 
and so but Kansas City finally looked like themselves against Las Vegas. So now I'm just like I don't know. I really don't know what I'm all the emotions I'm going to go through in this game are just going to be very intense, I want to say because you know, at one hand I'm going to be rooting for Dallas and then on the other hand I'll be rooting for Kansas City. So I don't know, man. My my feelings are all over the place. I think it might be a very interesting game to say the least. I mean, I mean the Chiefs with the big win over the Raiders and um Dallas with a full complete game against Atlanta. I mean, this might be a quarterback shootout here, Carlos. I mean, it's very possible that it's going to be a quarterback. I mean, it just depends like you know, obviously Dallas's defense is going to be well more prepared to face Patrick Mahomes and you know yep. that offense a lot better than say like Oakland. Oakland, I'm sorry, Vegas was. Jesus, still so hard to say Vegas. Um, really you know, compared is. to like what the Raiders were. But at the same time, you know, we've seen our our defense can be, or Dallas's defense can be. You know, they can be passed like like they they can be run on. They can be passed on. Like they'll bend but they usually don't break unless of course we're playing the Denver Broncos. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how like digs and like the, the secondary looked very good against Atlanta, but we're facing Matt Ryan in that situation. Now we're facing Patrick Mahomes, who seems like he's got his swagger back. Same thing with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. It seems like they're starting to finally figure it out. Was that a one-off against the Raiders or is it going to, or is it like the Chiefs are officially back? That is really the question. Like, we know what Dallas is going to bring to the table. We know Dak is going to lead this team um, offensively with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and now we got Michael Gallup back. You know, we know Pollard and uh, Elliott are going to, you know, be running it down your throats. And we know Kansas City's defense is not necessary, is not the best. They had They looked good against the Raiders. But it's told, but it's a different story with Dallas because of the weapons we have. You know, it's not like the Raiders. You know, obviously, given the circumstances that have happened lately, you know, it's not as if the Raiders have all these all the same weapons that Dallas has. It's it'll just be interesting. Like, how do we? Like, who's gonna cover Tyree Kill? Who's gonna be covering? Obviously, I'm pretty sure it's good. They're just gonna put Micah Parsons on Travis Kelsey and try to just neutralize him that way. But for Kansas City, it's going to be who else is going to step up offensively. Yeah. They need a running game they because that's what really helped them here against the Raiders was a running game. It takes so much pressure off of Patrick Mahomes. Um, but if they can't get a running game going against Dallas, I mean, Diggs is going to I, – I can foresee a Diggs, another Diggs interception happening here. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how I feel. I don't know who. I don't know who I want to. Obviously, I think I want Dallas to win, but I mean, like, I don't want Kansas City to like lose another game and be six and five and still fighting to get into the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know how to feel, boys. Yeah, I um, I think as the sports media landscape, uh, as soon as as soon as Kansas City dominant finished that dominant win on Sunday, um. You know, everybody and their mother was saying Kansas City's back. And, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. I still think they have a decent amount to prove to me to show that they're back. And this this is it. This is the game that 
okay, where is Kansas City right now? What kind of team are they really? Are they the same Kansas City we saw last season that just dominated and like we saw just how special they were? Or are they the Kansas City we've seen throughout the season that's just been not the same not the same football team? Mahomes hasn't been the same quarterback. Now his numbers are still really solid, you know, considering how much he struggled compared to what he he, he has been. Um, but I, I really think Dallas wins this game, I, I think, by two scores. I, I, I really do believe that. I, I just think right now with how Dallas has played, I, I think the Atlanta game was um, – or, you know, I, I, think, I think the loss they had where they – I mean, you know, it was – we got our ass kicked by Denver. Like, let's let's just put it out there. Like, Denver whooped our butts. It's just and, and the way home. we responded I mean, is how is what yep. really impresses me about this team because it's not as if we just came out and we beat Atlanta. Like, right? You know, but Atlanta still put up like twenty seven points. No, we laid the smackdown on Atlanta. Like they did. Yep. They, like after the from the second drive, they had nothing. I, once they failed on a fourth down conversion, they had nothing for the rest of the game, and it was all Dallas from there. Yep. So, t- yeah, basically to your point, like, doubt, it's just doubt. Like, I could see that possibility, too, of a two-touchdown, whatever, two-score yeah. win, but I could also see a shootout where, you know, where it's just back and forth. And we know Dallas can play in a shootout. We've seen it all. We've already seen it multiple times this season. Yeah, several um, games. So, it, it but I would say I would trust Dallas's defense more to make that one stop than I would Kansas yep. City's defense. Yep. So even in a shootout, I would still give the advantage. Now, the bookies have it Kansas City's favored because it's in Kansas City. So obviously that plays a factor because obviously we know how hard it is to play at Arrowhead. And well, the bookies have been wrong. And the bookies have been wrong a ton this season. So I, you know, take it, take it for what it's worth. <laughs> but. But no, you're. De- that's a good point. I, I think Kansas City playing at home definitely makes a difference, um, but not as much as it would in the past. I, I think this season has shown that that Kansas City is, uh, you know, if if you not really figure them out, but if you kind of have an idea of what they're doing, you can slow them down and and you know and stop them. And um, <coughs> I mean, they have won three straight games. Close win against the Giants, obviously facing. An Aaron Rodgers-less Packers team, and then laying the wood to the to the Raiders. Um, so you know, I, it looked like old Mahomes because he threw for 400 yards last week. So you know, I, I kind of agree. I think it could go either way, but I I also think as far as you know, de- as far as defenses that Mahomes has faced this season, he hasn't faced a defense that's as solid um, as Dallas has been this year. Now Dallas has had a couple slip ups recently, obviously. Um, but the thing that's impress impresses me about Dallas is just that the, their defense limits the damage a lot of times. Um, and we all know how great Diggs has been. I mean, when they need a big play, they it's almost like they they tell him, "All right, go go get a pick for for us right now." When things just aren't clicking on offense, um, so I think that plays a big factor in all this too. Um, but yeah, I, I just. For me, I think my overarching thought here is, is Kansas City really back? Um, we all know how good Dallas is. I, I, Like I said, I think Dallas is a contender in the NFC. Um, I know Carlos doesn't want to hear that because we know Dallas has been a contender in the past, and you know when they get to the playoffs. Shh, don't put that into the ether yet. 
the old uh, one and done for yeah. Dallas. But they'll break your heart. Shut up, Kirby. You guys. Different team. This you, is the, you don't, you don't this, get to make sounds team. over there. I'm okay? just laughing at you two. That's all. Oh, oh, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> the Washington fan laughing about don't playoff. Make me, don't make me go to that place, Kirby. I will go to that place. <laughs> yeah, you have no, you have no right to talk about playoffs. Playoffs. Washington. Playoffs. Um, seven. No, I, I think seven and um, ten ain't gonna cut it this year, Kirby. <laughs> I really think this Dallas team is different uh, from all those other teams, and I, I think. One thing they really have is, you know, Adults Dak has been in the room. <laughs> <laughs> a yes, competent coaching staff. Yes, surprisingly, because we thought that was going to be one of Dallas's issues this year was uh was yeah was Mike McCarthy. I, agree. I but, mean, but you Michael, know what he's done? He's kind of gotten out of the way. Um, he's not really made it about himself. What we've seen in the past with Dallas is, you know, Jason Garrett and you know. Well, KB there you Robert. go. I mean, you said it right there, Jason, yeah, Jason Garrett. Garrett compared right. to Mike McCarthy. I mean, for all the blunders that Mike McCarthy had last season, he's really kind. Con- You're right. He's really been stepped out of the way in terms of you know bringing in Dan Quinn, uh, a guy huge, you know who obviously dude. you know that's probably the smartest move he ever made, getting rid of um, whatever. I can't see. I I always ultimately end up forgetting our old. Uh, defensive coordinator's name because he's irrelevant he was terrible um you know getting rid of you know that guy who was our defense was abysmal bringing in a guy who was a former head coach and you know he basically transformed this defense into what it is now and you know trusting in kellen moore and his like you know and his you know rapport with like dak prescott like yeah Mike McCarthy's done. I mean, like I said, like I understand the hate toward, and I trust me, I've I've spewed it on here also. <laughs> but we have to give the man some credit because he has real like this is what he's about. Like I feel like this yep. this season has really become the vision of what Mike McCarthy thought Dallas was going to be. Um, but obviously, we don't want to focus too much on Dallas. We also want to focus on Kansas City here. You know, obviously, Kansas City, they've. You know, they haven't had necessarily the, the best season that we were expecting them to have. We were expecting them to be, you know, the a- you know in the AFC title picture. And they technically still are. They're in first place in the division. But a loss here would really hurt their chances of making the playoffs. So they have a lot to play for because they basically don't have a lot more room for mistakes. Where Dallas, you know, right now we're sitting at the third seed. We... I don't necessarily know how hard we're really going to try to win this game because we still have Thanksgiving against the Raiders, and then we still and then we have uh, another Thursday game after that. I can't remember who we're playing right now, but we're playing somebody else the next Thursday night. So we have three games in twelve days, essentially, like we always yeah, that's, do. Yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, it, it happens every year. We always have that three games in twelve days stretch. Um, Need a bye so week after I, that. I don't necessarily know how much importance they're putting on, like on this because ultimately if we lose to the Chiefs it's not going to necessarily hurt us in you know losing to an AFC team is a lot better than losing to an NFC team exactly you know, just with playoff the you know with the algorithms they use like AFC well losses don't actually matter um but i think also it would be a good barometer or like a good like thing to like see like where where are we like are we like are we able to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs and stuff like, is this team really there? This is like yeah. our first legitimate test since the Buccaneers. So, I digress. No, I think it's 
perfectly said. I, I, I think it's a barometer for both teams. It's a barometer of where Kansas City is. Are they really back? Are they pretenders or are they, are they contenders? Obviously, like you said, Carlos, five and four and in first place in the AFC West, which we all thought, you know, we all thought three weeks ago that was a runaway for the Chargers, that they were just going to take that division and run with it. And they have really struggled recently. And that's opened the door for Kansas City to kind of slide back in with those three straight wins that they've had. Um, you know, are they really for real? This is a big game for that. And then for Dallas, you know, it's kind of a barometer of kind of where where they are. Are they are they gonna be the team to beat this year? And I think this game is sort of sort of gauge of a gauge of all those things. So it's it's gonna be a fun game. It's uh good old Troy Aikman and Joe Buck will be on the call, so should be should be. I kind of wish it was like actual. Well, actually, no, I don't wish it was Sunday night, considering what's. What, what I'm so sick of my team playing primetime games. I hate it. I I literally because I get no sleep, and then I have to watch them play to the <laughs> yeah. b- ballet to the dolphin. You know, I'm not going to get into all that. Depressed, <laughs> uh, that's fair. That, that's a fair assessment. Actually, I'm I'm glad that they're playing that in the afternoon slot. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, honestly, that game is going to be probably one of the highest rated games of the season. For sure. Just sure. because, I mean, how often does Dallas and Kansas City play? They don't really play that often, so. Well, and it's it's one of the oldest kind of, it's not really a rivalry, but it's one of the oldest matchups. I mean, I guess it's a rivalry back. considering, like, the history of the, I mean, Kansas City, like, they were the original Dallas team, and then they moved over to Kansas City. True, And then that true. opened the door for the Cowboys. So, yeah. I mean, there's, there's history there, but um, it's just not one, it's not a rivalry that's played very often, obviously, so. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, either way, I win, <laughs> you know. But it's a good I, point. I, I, I have a feeling like if Dallas loses, I will actually be more bummed than if yes. Kansas City loses. Yeah. Just well, because I, of the way Dallas affects me, like as a you know, because they're they're Dallas is like my actual team, where Kansas City is just like a team that I like to root for because I do love watching their style of play. So, yep, it'll be interesting. But uh, my guess is. Dallas is probably going to win this, if I had to guess. I would say, I, I would get to say that Dallas will win as well, probably by a score or two, but I wouldn't be surprised if this game is close, maybe down to, to the wire as well. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup. One game that all three of us are looking out for next week. Um, it's Should we be... do a live stream? <laughs> that maybe would be... so. That would be very Stay interesting. Tuned for more. Stay tuned, yes. But that was a preview of the Carlos Bowl. After the break, we will get into the hurry-up offense. Stay tuned. Is it finally time to upgrade your home's interior? How about with an authentic farm table made locally from recycled barn wood? Shenandoah Primitives, based right here in Winchester, Virginia, makes farm tables, benches, tables, coffee tables, and a long list of other items for your home decorating needs. At Shenandoah Primitives, function and style are combined for great furniture that will last generations. If you're interested in combining the industrial look of metal with wood or considering something incredibly unique with a live edge, Shenandoah Primitives turns those ideas into reality. Thinking about a mirror, wine rack, or other accessories 
XMPs for your home, Shenandoah Primitives can assist with that as well. As a local small business, Shenandoah Primitives is happy to work with each client for a custom design or schedule an appointment to come out and view current inventory. Local, high-quality, handmade items can be found at Shenandoah Primitives. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Once again, that's www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Hey, sports fans. Thank you for listening to and supporting the Kirby on Sports podcast with founder and host Josh Kirby, along with lead contributor Dan Dembski. Like, subscribe, and give them a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast from. My name is Dr. Dave Miles, founder of Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation. Our company helps leaders build engaged and productive teams. Exclusively for listeners of the Kirby on Sports podcast, you can take an opportunity to discover your primary communication style and learn more about effective communication with others. Text Kirby to 757-903-0743 for your free copy of the Working From Home Communication Assessment where you'll learn your primary communication style, how to better communicate with others not like you, and tips on working remotely based on your personal communication style. 10 minutes, tons of resources, learn about yourself and your team. Again, text Kirby to 757-903-0743 for your free assessment report today. I'm Dr. Dave Miles, founder of Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, where we help you and your team be more engaged and productive by understanding each other better. Back to you, Josh. All right. Welcome back. Joined by the weapon, Dan Dembski and the Swiss Army Knife, Carlos Martinez. Gentlemen, it is time for the hurry up offense. Are we ready? Yep. All right. Ready, Freddy. Let's go. Starting off with the Dolphins win over the Baltimore Ravens. I was Dan, very shocked. Sweet. <laughs> I, I, I was very shocked. I was very surprised. Uh, I mean, could it have been the hot in the humidity for the Ravens? I'm not sure, but I will say this. The play of the game was a play that did not count. My guy, Robert Hunt, just. Oh, your guy. Okay. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. He apparently, did. apparently he's a Dolphins fan, too. No, he's he just looked. He accidentally took that screen pass and just ran all the way to the end zone. It's an illegal play. Can we down. stop talking about it, please? It, it was incredible. So annoying. It was incredible. Those are my thoughts on it. It was. Incredible. I'm so annoyed by people. Okay, it was an illegal play. I mean, it was a big man yeah. touchdown. That's why it's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, God, it's just like shut the hell up already. Um. <laughs> And I'm not just talking to you, Kirby. It's just like it's in general. It's nonstop on ESPN, and that's why I don't watch them. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say about this game. The Ravens were just flat. I mean, on offense, they really couldn't do anything at all. Um, they couldn't run the football, which is kind of the base of what they do. And if if they can't run it, then you know, um, the 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 passes weren't there either. There was no protection. No nobody was getting open. They weren't running good passing concepts just a complete and utter disappointment um but again a short week i mean there's always one of the there's there seems to be like on those thursday night games one of the teams shows up and the other team really doesn't let's be honest i think we should abolish thursday Thursday night games i think we should abolish thursday night football i think it's insanely stupid um 
but or it that's should just, be something like it's the team come like the team is coming off a bye week or something. Totally agree. Totally agree. Or, or they should have extra time to prepare, not just you know three or four days or whatever it is. So yeah, yeah, I I don't have much to add. Um, I thought the Ravens defense played pretty well. Um, to be honest with you, they really did a good job of holding the Dolphins in check. It was just you know. When the Ravens fall behind, my mind immediately goes to what they've been doing all season, which is, you know, if they're down one or two scores, it it, it ain't over till it's over sort of thing. And that's sort of where I went to throughout this, you know, first half and second half, and it just never happened. So um, credit to Dolphins. They came out, they had a really good game plan, and the Ravens had no really no adjustments. So um, hats off to the Dolphins. And similar to what Dallas went through when they – came off the bye week this past Sunday. I, I hope the Ravens do the same thing this weekend and and dominate. We'll see what happens. Carlos, any thoughts on this game? Uh, why the, well, I, I didn't understand the Tua thing because they didn't let him start the game, yet they let him finish the game. Yeah, so he was, was ready I to had come back no in. clue. That made no sense to me so, either. So he was active, and they said right, right before the game, they said he was the second-string quarterback. It was like an hour before the game. He would, he would be the backup, which I thought was strange. Yeah. Um, but, I, don't, I mean, yeah, that's confusing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not much to be said. I mean, I just credit the loss to really just it being a Thursday night. It, I don't think the Ravens really had a lot of time to prepare for the Dolphins. I, I yeah. think even – I think Harbaugh even said that. He was like, we were not prepared for them. Yeah. Um, It happens. It's a Thursday night game. I I think the Ravens are they're they're gonna be fine. They'll be all right. I hope there's not much to worry about. Because <laughs> you know how positive I am. <laughs> all right. The next game, if there's anything we want to talk about in this game, the Cowboys over the Falcons forty three to three. Yeah, suck it haters for celebrating on the grave of the Dallas Cowboys just because they lost to Denver. We are alive and well and we have proven we are still that team. I mean, I really don't have much to say about this. I mean, yeah, you damn well, you right you don't have a lot to say. You damn right you don't have a lot to say, Kirby, because that's what a winning football team looks like, okay? Unlike your Washington football team, you know, oh. the team with no name. Oh, my God, you beat Tom Brady, and you guys act like you guys have a shot at the division. Not you, necessarily. I'm not saying you, okay? I know you're a realist. <laughs> Thank but I'm you. Saying you're Thank the, you. The, the fan Thank base. Thank you. From what I've been seeing, the fan base is like, oh, we have a shot at the division yeah. now. Yeah. Fan you guys have no goals. shot. Okay, you won't see it. me tweeting that. You won't see me Facebooking that. I don't. I'm a realist. That's the thing. That's the I'm thing. I'm a realist. Um, I would say for this game, I mean, when you look at that halftime score, the game was over at halftime. Uh, it was 36 to three at halftime. So, yeah, Dallas. I mean, they've just hung a nasty second quarter on the Falcons they and put a nice little forty burger on them, and I love it. <laughs> As as you should. I hope I hope my team does that against the Bears this weekend. I I, I could see it happening, but um no, this was this this was a great bounce back win for Dallas and, and needed for sure after all the talk after one week. See, I, I that's what I hate, also hate about this is I know this is supposed to be hurry up. This is just something real quick. With sports media, everything is dire after one game. Um we still have plenty of season left to go guys we still have seven more weeks left i think I, it was I, dire for at least it felt like with that way with dallas and like i said i'll make this quick uh i think it was just di- it felt dire because of the way they lost and the way we looked and how it kind of reminded us of how this team looked last season 
losing games that we should have won. Not it happens. Not really, not really. I know. Yeah. I mean, yep. but like again, like we have so much faith in, and we knew. I knew a loss was going to eventually come. I mean, remember my prediction was thirteen and four, so I still think they can lose two games, which one of them is coming up. But I mean. I think it's just because of how well we've seen this team play, seeing them come out like that after a bye week, um, and after or not after after the bye week and after like that emotional, hard fought win against the Vikings. I think that's why people were like, "Well, what the hell is going on with like what just happened?" And but they answered the bell. They they answered the call. They answered the bell, and they look good. I agree. All right. Indianapolis over Jacksonville, 23-17. to 17. Jacksonville trying to inch their way to yet another win. Trevor Lawrence, 16 for 35, 162 yards. Carson Wentz, 22 for 34, 180 yards. But Jonathan Taylor, what an impressive football game by um, the Colts running back in this game. Yeah, Taylor stands out, but this was uh... – Typical AFC South game where it's sloppy, sloppy, close, but sloppy. And uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about this game. Yeah. All right. The Lions can never win, but they can lose and they can tie. The Lions and Steelers tie at 16. This is the yep. one time. Just, this is the yep. one time I'm okay with a tie happening because most of the time I'm against they ties. Didn't deserve, no team deserved, team to, win deserved this game. to win. This is yep. the worst game I've ever seen. <laughs> yep. In a long time, you know, this was awful. And I, I – get Mason Rudolph off. Like, Mason Rudolph will never be a good quarterback in the NFL. He's terrible. Uh, he's terrible. And the fact that, you know, it would look like throughout this game, oh, they're driving, they're driving, there would be a turnover immediately. Um, that turnover that Pittsburgh had that basically ended the game was just uh, – Terrible. It made me so angry, and I I I can't stand Pittsburgh. I I, I really can't. Um, the funny thing is the Lions didn't have any turnovers. It, it I had to double check that, but the Steelers had three, and two, I think two fumbles. Um, it was just a very very sloppy game, and obviously, um, you know the the weather, the weather did not. The help weather that played a fa- yeah. the weather played a factor in this game for sure. You you can't deny that, but just. Uh, it was an ugly, ugly, ugly game. I, I got nothing to say. It's supposed to be hurry up, and I'm yakking. Sorry. <laughs> well, I have some good news. The Lions will not get winless this season. Who the fuck cares? Okay, let's move on. <laughs> the Patriots stomping the Browns 45-7. to I'm going to say what yep. Carlos says also. The Patriots are sneaky good. They're not sneaky good anymore. They're just They're good. good. They're just good. They're oh, good. Okay. They're finally figuring it out. I mean, this was. I mean, this beatdown was so bad that they even took the game off of CBS and moved it over to the Saints Titans. I know. I, I was going to say that too. I've I've never seen that in all the years I've watched football. I've I'm... seen it a few times. They did it once. Fox did it once when the Cowboys were getting shellacked by the Rams, and we had like Brad Johnson in at quarterback. Ooh, Brad um, Johnson. Because Romo man. had Romo had gotten hurt. So, oh my. um, yeah. I mean, yeah, just. I mean, I would be afraid to play the Patriots. I would. I would be very scared. Buffalo cannot feel comfortable. They can't feel comfortable. Browns stink. I mean, straight up, their defense was. They're just hurt. They're so Like, Baker, like, I understand Baker's on a contract year and all that, and he's trying to, 
like prove himself and that's why he keeps coming out but that dude is hurt and he needs to sit down like he's hurting the team more than he's helping them right now yeah he's making them a lot worse but uh, i mean yeah they uh patriots are scary <laughs> and you've seen mac jones sort of develop into this great quarterback too really in the last month or so um it's pats like like carlos said i mean i wouldn't want to play the pats right now and I, I, I don't think anybody would. And, and Cleveland's done. I mean, they have, like Carlos said, they have a ton of injuries. But they've also just, when they've been healthier, they just also haven't performed and stepped up either. So, yep. um, yeah. That's all I got. The Bills over the Jets, 45-17. to 17. Skip. Who cares? Just all right. skip. I mean, Bills just laid the Bills number. did what the Bills needed to do. <laughs> and by the way, Mike White is a dope. A dope for saying he should have been the first overall pick after one week. I... You know what? Karma. Karma's a bitch. He got what was coming to him. You suck. You suck, bro. Sit down. Jesus Christ, okay. I had a lot of anger for some reason for that particular... Uh, did. Who hurt you? <laughs> Mike White, apparently. Well, now, hey, Mike White, open the door to Joe Flacco. Let's go. J- Joe oh, Flacco starting on Sunday. Yes, Joe Flacco next week. Are you hyped for that, Dan? Oh, I, I I just hope he doesn't get killed. <laughs> that's if he if he stays healthy. That's all I care about. Anyway. All right, the next game, the Cardinals get handed their second loss of the season by the Carolina Panthers, and Cam Newton is back. Yeah, he touched the ball twice and scored on both those plays. He, to he start just the game. yelled, "I'm back! I'm back!" I was sort of imitating that. We. We got it, Kirby. <laughs> we, we we understood the reference. You didn't you didn't have to explain it. Okay. <laughs> now you I ruined the making... joke. Is this just a slip up game for the Cardinals, or are you guys concerned? No, I mean, listen. I mean, l- l- let's just put it this way. So the Cardinals, of course, didn't have Kyler Murray again. Here's the issue. True. Cole McCoy is their good. backup. Cole McCoy. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, so Cole McCoy Washington obviously player. led him to led, led him Why? to a victory against the 49ers okay i mean this nfl season is so weird that like (laughs) i don't really know how much stock you can put into that but then we saw in this game against the carolina panthers they didn't come out and play very well my my thing is the reason why i personally don't fear the arizona cardinals and why if dallas plays them i'm not going to be like afraid like i would against like green bay or tampa bay or you know i'm just afraid of the bay i guess um (laughs) (laughs) the reason why is because kyler murray is the the, seems to be the reason why this team performs well right but the problem is is kyler murray's my size he does not have a big body like other top-notch quarterbacks so he gets hurt a lot i mean when was the last time he made it through a season healthy we don't know but we know when he's playing and he's healthy he looks great but he can't stay healthy that's that's why i think the arizona cardinals just aren't gonna make it that far in the playoffs but i I would attribute this just to you know just they had the backup in they had the backups and they didn't really have all their star players playing i'm just i'm just amazed that colt mccoy's still in the nfl it's just it's (laughs) like you you can't tell me that there's not a better free agent quarterback out there than colt mccoy colt mccoy really really I mean, Cam Newton was out there. Why didn't Arizona sign Cam Newton? God, it just makes me so angry. It's, it's, I don't know. If I'm I'm correct, 
Colt McCoy led the Washington football team to a victory over Dallas on Monday night. Am I correct? Move on, Kirby, before I rip <laughs> your team to shreds. Like, why, 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 why do you always have to bring it back? Like, why? I'm just saying. Congratulations. A game that Cole was played, what, five, six years ago? Congratulations. <laughs> Here's your prize, Kirby. Here's your prize. You had a Colt McCoy victory. But what, what, do you have anything else to show for that? <laughs> no. Washington fans can't remember playoff games because the last time they had a meaningful playoff run was in 1992. <laughs> before Kirby, way before Kirby was born. So they have to bring back memory, like week nine games from 2015, 2014, 2016, uh... and bring them up. I'm just busting your chops, but it's true. It's true, though. Come on. How Sorry, about... we will never do that again. On. This is the hurry-up offense. I'm slowing us down. <laughs> How about... No, Kirby slows. derailed us. Kirby derailed us with that. Yes, I did. I'm sorry. Let's we move on, gentlemen. Okay. How about another Washington quarterback, Kirk Cousins, throwing for almost 300 yards and two touchdowns, beating the Los Angeles Chargers? This I'm very shocked by this game. Yeah, this I was, was very, very shocked. Yeah. I can't believe it. Um, and also, Dalvin Cook had a great game, almost 100 yards rushing. Oh, yeah. Um, it's weird. The Vikings had these games now and then where, like, mm -hmm. Cousins just goes off and he looks like a Pro Bowl quarterback, but he'll come out next week and have an absolute and, and lay lay an egg. Um, yeah, this this game was surprising, and I, you know the Chargers are kind of sputtering right now. They're they're not able to run the football at all. Uh, Herbert has really taken a step back from where he was just not too long ago. Really, um, I think it's just a product of them being. Kind of a young team, um, in general. Agreed. Um, so I I don't know if this is their season, <laughs> but look, it's the AFC West. That it's still wide open. Weird. It's not like that division's been very weird. Really, three out of the four teams I think have a chance to make the playoffs. There, um, no, I would only put two. I think only the Chargers and the Chiefs have a shot. I think the Raiders. I think just there's too much to overcome, especially with the loss of, you know, obviously rugs and. Their other for I still don't remember. That's true. That's a great point. That's a great point. So I think um, only the Chargers and the Chiefs really have a sh legitimate shot at making the playoffs from there. I agree, but uh, yeah, this game was surprising. Um, but yeah, Eckler only had 44 yards and he was their leading rusher. Um, don't the Vikings play? The puts a lot of pressure on a young quarterback to have to do everything, and and you know Herbert's great, but he's 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 just not there yet. Mm -hmm. he's not there yet. He needs help around him. He needs the guy, the his weapons around him to step up. That's it, because they've yep. kind of fallen off. Yep, agree. All right, the Eagles over the Broncos, thirty to thirteen. Hey, don't, boys, don't count. The Eagles could actually make a run, not at the division, but at the wild card. I mean, Jalen Hurts is actually looking very, and Devontae Smith is also looking fantastic. Like, yeah. I'm not That's saying that. See. I'm not saying the Eagles are a threat to the Cowboys because they're not. And plus, we don't play them until the last week of the season, which by then we'll have the division locked up and we'll probably uh, just rest our starters. But, I mean, the Eagles could sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, this game was um, was interesting. Yeah, uh, the Eagles pretty much dominated from start to finish. And, and you're kind of right. Jalen Hurts has really started to step step into a nice role here. But 
you know, again, it was it was the Broncos. The Broncos are a team in disarray. So let's you know let's take that for what it's worth too. Um, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens when the Eagles get into these divisional games. Um, because that's just a really weird schedule. The way the NFC the NFC East kind of you know finishes out the season where you know it's all NFC East games. <laughs> Like the last seven, eight weeks of the season. So I mean, there's a stretch where Dallas and Washington are going to play each other twice in three weeks. In three weeks, yep. Mm. Yep. It's going to be the best three weeks of my life. All right. The next game, <laughs> the Packers shut out Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and Russell Wilson's return to the Seahawks after fracturing, spraining, whatever his you middle did. Finger. His yeah. middle finger. Well, I, I mean... The doctor said his comeback was miraculous, but he shouldn't have come back. Yeah, yeah. he shouldn't have come back. I agree. I I think he he was not ready in that game, especially not in that game. Just considering weather conditions, it's cold. You know, it's in Green Bay. Like I I don't know. I mean, uh, also another thing is Pete Carroll and them are a bunch of stooges trying to say that you know the reason that the refs were the reason why they lost. You guys didn't put up a single point. I know. Like I you know. guys isn't lost that, seven. Isn't and, that and Aaron Rodgers is coming back from COVID. It's not like Aaron Rodgers had like a great game. Yeah. You guys just didn't do it. You guys didn't execute. You guys lost to a you know, you guys just lost flat out. Like you had an advantage. Aaron Rodgers is coming off the COVID list. He's not one hundred percent. He didn't practice all all week. And he didn't play great either. I mean, exactly. He really didn't play and then great. you're gonna sit there and blame the refs for why? Like, what call specifically did not go your way? The refs kept tripping Russell Wilson, causing him to be sacked. Um, nah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was a brutal game, and it, it pretty much puts the fork in the Seahawks. I think as well. Um, it's definitely gonna be super hard for them to make the playoffs from here. They're gonna they're gonna have to win out. I mean, realistically, basically. they're they're basically gonna have to go eleven and six or ten and seven. There's really no other way around it. Um, and the way Russell Wilson played, you know, it's also a wonder if he didn't set himself back his rehab back a little bit, even just kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. Um, maybe maybe not, but yeah, I, I like I said at the top, he definitely should have sat out. Um, and made sure he was completely ready to go in rehab before he came back because it just didn't it it didn't he didn't look comfortable and obviously he hasn't played since i mean i don't know what was he out seven weeks something like that i don't remember how long it was i mean he, he's been out since the early part of the season so um that plays a big factor too so yeah um yeah this it was kind of an it was kind of a brutal game to be honest um and seattle's done and they kind of did, did, did it themselves in a lot of ways, I think. All right. The last two games, Sunday night football, the Chiefs over the Raiders 41. And the 14. home of the Chiefs. <laughs> there it is. Every time. And, and the 49ers over the Rams 31-10. to 10. My thoughts from this Chiefs-Raiders game. Deshaun Jackson needs to learn how to catch a football. In no, not learn how to catch a football. Zone. Learn how to finish a play, not yes. catch. He knows how to catch. He just doesn't know how to how to finish the play. He's he's, he's ridiculous. He has a history he, of that, believe it or not. Yes, he does. No, you know he did it against Dallas. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we, we've already touched on 
my, like all my thoughts kind the of Chiefs, on the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, so I, there's not a I lot don't have much to add either. The Rams though? The Rams? Surprising. Well, you know, I... I mean, to an extent surprising, but like at the same time, this is the first game Von Miller and OBJ are playing. I don't think they necessarily have, you know, had they haven't had a lot of time to really like build a repertoire with like their you know their teammates so i don't know just from what i saw the rams don't really scare me as much as people kind of made them out to be not at all they don't scare um, me in the slightest <laughs> but we'll, we'll retouch on this conversation in a few weeks after obj and like matthew stafford have really had time to really build a like you know a repertoire have really built their chemistry like the chemistry in their relationship and then von miller like how he fits more into this defense that of course he's not really the star in anymore you know that's aaron Don- uh, donald so um, donald as uh eli manning calls him yeah um i almost called him that now too to be honest but yeah i mean to me it was more surprising the 49ers the way they just dominated the the rams Dog. that was that was very impressive yeah and and they they were able to run the ball well. Debo Samuel was fantastic. Garoppolo was great. Um, and the defense. I mean, you talk about all the weapons the Rams have. And, you that know, it was. Yeah, they shut him down. And look, OBJ only got targeted a couple times. So it's not like, you know, people say, well, he's a, dis- uh, I don't know, he's a distraction or this and that and the other. Which we have a proven track history that he is. It's just he I is, don't think he's immediately, but not, immediately happening but, here. Yeah, but not but not in this game. I mean, Stafford just played poorly, and San Francisco's mm-hmm. defense was all over the field. You got to give them credit where credit's due, and um, you know, I, I I they're I think they're done. I think San Francisco's done. I obviously nope. at four. They're still they're still in it, especially with this win. They're still in it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know uh, though. We the thing that's why we haven't done a cross off segment lately is because we can't necessarily cross many teams off right now. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> It's pretty much a dead heap in a lot of these, a lot of these divisions, especially the West on both sides. Um, outside of Arizona, um, the South. It's just an interesting, interesting time to be alive, as the kids would say. I mean, this is definitely going to go down as one of the best NFL seasons, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. We we may have a team that's we may have a couple ten and seven teams win the division i think nine and eight for the wild that last wild card spot i think for the wild card i could definitely see nine and eight yeah 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 yep all right this has been the hurry up offense we'll take a quick break and wrap things up right after this hey there this is mark francis of icon real estate if you have any real estate needs in the winchester surrounding area including west virginia give me a call i've got extensive experience been in the business for almost 20 years and would love to help you out. Track me down at Icon Real Estate, IconSells.com, or even give me a call, 540-247-1527. Again, IconSells, I-C-O-N-S-E-L-L-S.com, and I would love to chat with you and help you out. Give me a call. All right, welcome back. Boys, what are we looking out for next week? Oh, we already talked about it, the Carlos Bull. Yeah, Carlos Bowl and uh, Ravens just looking here. <laughs> yeah, Ravens bounce back. I think for my personal um, choices, and then you know I got a pretty good matchup out there in Los Angeles. The Steelers traveling out there. Um, will the Steelers bounce back? 
that's that's my question. Um, I anticipate the Chargers winning that game by a couple scores, but I, 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 I at least I hope that's what the final result is. But um, interesting to see that one for sure as well. I'm interested to see what storylines will be told in the week leading up to Ron Rivera's return to Carolina, not just facing his former team, but once again, Cam Newton. Yeah, that that whole dynamic is interesting. (laughs) The fact that Cam Newton just kind of came out of nowhere and went off last week. So I I, I love to see it. I, I like Cam Newton. Um, Especially with the Panthers, they needed they needed a. You should have never so. left. I agree. I agree. Yeah. They never should have hired Matt Rule either. But that's that's just my opinion. I think Matt Rule's not a great NFL coach. All right, so Carlos is not with us next week, so we have one more mini segment just for Carlos to start. And myself and Dan will do this again next week, Carlos. Thanksgiving is coming up. I got to know one thing oh. you're thankful for. Damn. God, country, and motherfucking football. You can bleep out the F word. <laughs> we got to find right. it. Well, that's it. Once again, Carlos is not with us next week. Week, Carlos, I cannot speak tonight. Carlos, I hope you and your family have a blessed thanksgiving sir and Blessed as food. always have some good turkey eat oh, um watch some I football i don't do turkey i don't do turkey i Too don't blame me i do chicken I oh do chicken? chicken on thanksgiving oh okay well whatever chicken you do i hope you have a um happy safe and blessed thanksgiving brother thank you now same to you guys i hope you guys have Thanks. a fantastic thanksgiving we will definitely be talking since the cowboys will be dominating the las vegas raiders that's on Thanksgiving Day. So, yep, Dallas, Las Vegas, Thanksgiving Day. It's going to be, gonna be fun. exciting. Uh, but Dan and I will be back with you next week. So look out for that. This has been another edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. Thanks to Trumbull Insurance Agency, Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, and Mark Francis with Icon Real Estate. Check out anything and everything, the Kirby on Sports Podcast at kirbyonsports.com. Until the next time you hear us, Always remember to create greatness. So long and peace out.